Welcome, everybody, to the Learning to Thrive podcast. We're thrilled that you get to join us and invest in your spiritual life. This is really what we want to do in the Learning to Thrive podcast, is really dive into these spiritual practices that you can use to help grow your faith skills. So today we're talking about the faith skill of communion, of growing closer to God and experiencing His presence. And the specific practice that we're talking about is prayer. So Pastor Ryan's going to take us into the concept of prayer and help us understand a little bit about how that practice can help us to grow our skill of communion with God. Yeah, so when I was at uh, Talbot Seminary in Biola, I remember a professor of mine had a story he shared with us one time. When he was back in college, um, they had a courtyard where the teacher's offices were um, around the perimeter of the courtyard. And the one rule on campus was if the teacher's door was open, they were available for you to uh, go in and meet with. But if the door was closed, then that was the teacher's way of saying, you know, that I'm just not available right now. Come try again another time. And so my professor was a, um, a senior at the time. He watched this student walk across the courtyard, a freshman, obviously a freshman. Um, and he was walking right towards the closed door. And so the, the senior was watching and, and just, you know, kind of chuckling to himself like this poor freshman. He clearly doesn't understand the rules here. Well, when the freshman got up to the door, he didn't knock. Uh, he just walked right in. And so the, um, the senior watching this was just, he was horrified. He's like, man, this guy has violated the one rule of campus here. Don't <laughs> enter the closed office. We'll come to find out that student is actually the son of the professor. And when you are the son, it changes the rules. And this is how we get to relate to God. He is our heavenly father. And as our heavenly father, we have access in ways that we never would be able to have access otherwise. We're talking about the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the God over, over everything. But as his children, we have access into his office, so to speak, into his throne room. We can speak to him whenever we want, whenever we need to. And so that's what this practice of prayer is all about, learning how do we communicate with God? How do we grow in this relationship with him? How do we build ourselves up in such a way that we become more aware of his presence? We realize when he is present with us and what he's trying to do in our lives. So that's what prayer is and what we're going to be working on here I think sometimes when we think about prayer, we think that we're, we're talking with a God who is distant and far off and high and mighty. And, but in the, the story that you just shared the, about this professor, that it, in some ways as students, we might have that same view of the professor, that we think that he's distanced, detached, high and mighty, and we forget about the humanity of that professor, that he is a husband and a father and has real relationships with people. And I think that can help us understand what prayer looks like, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, God is distant and high and mm -hmm. mighty. He's all of those things, right? Um, but he's also immediate and present and imminent and available. Mm -hmm. And so it, it can be difficult. It can be intimidating at times. Um, and we don't want to be too callous with it either, right? We yeah. don't want to just treat it like, well, yeah, I mean, I can talk to him whenever I want. I can say whatever I want, and he just has to kind of deal with it. Um, so we want to approach this with the reverence that God is due, but also with this understanding, this recollection that 
He's a father, a loving father, who wants to be available to his children, wants relationship with us, wants to be in conversation with us. So, yeah, so God wants to have this kind of relationship with us, but what is that the purpose of prayer, do you think? What, what role should it play in just kind of the average Christian's life? Yeah, so um, I think a lot of times one of the mistakes that we tend to make when we're starting um, with prayer is this idea that we want to change God's heart or change his mind. So we'll think, okay, I, it looks like something's happening, but I wanted it to happen this way, so I'm going to go pray and ask God to do me a favor or ask him to change his mind on something. And I think the, the biggest thing that we can learn from Scripture, from the way Jesus talks about prayer um, is that God wants to do a lot of things for us and is very open to um, to our participation in all of that. But prayer is much more about changing my heart to align to God's heart than it is trying to, to change his heart to align to mine. So when we teach kids about prayer even, and a lot of times the, the, the default way that a, a child might approach God is, here's some of the things that I need, and I'd, I'd like some great toys and those kinds of things, but that's not really what we're looking at when we talk about prayer and communion with God necessarily. Not, yeah, not necessarily. So Jesus makes it clear, God already knows everything that we need, um, and, and he wants to give that to us. He wants to bless us, and he wants to, um, to see us flourish and thrive and you know, enjoy this life that he's provided for us. But one of these practices that we have to grow in our, in our relationship with God, to develop an awareness of him and enjoy relationship with him, is this ability that we have to actually start to become more like him the more we engage in this form of relationship with him. So prayer should be seen as a vehicle for us to become more like God, to grow closer to him, to, uh, to start to love the things he loves and hate the things he hates and, and you know, those kinds of, of things. Yeah. So is prayer then, in that case, all about the words that I speak with God or is there there's something more to it? You know, the Apostle Paul says in one of his letters that we should pray without ceasing. Like, there are times where I'm a man of few words and I get exhausted praying, honestly. And I, I lose the vocabulary to say what I want to say to God. So how do I even just get started in, in finding what is the right balance in my prayer life? And how do I approach prayer in a way that is God-honoring, but also um, doesn't leave, you know, kind of my own personality and my life and the, the things that I'm going through at the doorstep? Sure. Well, prayer is definitely um, more than words. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also is, is words. And so I think that the recognition when Paul talks about praying without ceasing is this, it's kind of this um, posture of relationship with God. Uh, you know, I don't need to when I text my wife or call my wife, you know, I don't need a lot of words um, to be able to communicate an idea or a thought um, that we have. Um, but then there are definitely times in my relationship with her where it's, it'd be inappropriate for me to have very few words. Um, you know, if she's trying to talk with me and engage in conversation and I'm responding in text form, um, you know, that's not going to build my relationship with her. Yeah, sometimes there's, there's a time where we should be reverent in how we talk to our wife 
And there's a time that just casual conversation is okay yeah. as well. And there's also times for silence that are appropriate as yeah. well. Yeah, I think when it comes to the practice of prayer, probably the most important thing that we need to remember is that God is a person. He's a personal being. And, and when I say person, I don't mean just like a human person, um, but the concept of personhood. God is, is personal. He has feelings. God has emotions. God has thoughts um, and relationship. And so we can have relationship with God in much the same way that we can have relationship with other actual people, with our wives or our, our kids or whoever, our friends. And so, yeah, like, like in any relationship, there are going to be appropriate ways to talk uh, in certain circumstances that would be out of place in others. But, um, you know, the, the situation is going to dictate a lot of that. So having this posture, this attitude that says, okay, I want to be in the presence of God constantly. And so I'm, I'm thinking things that are God-honoring thoughts. I'm asking him for wisdom if I come across a situation where I need to make a decision or um, asking him for counsel before I go and offer advice to somebody else. All of those are what we would traditionally call prayer, but uh, doesn't really fit what you might think when you, you know, start talking about the idea of prayer. We're not just talking about like kneeling by your bedside and saying this long, uh, drawn out prayer. So for those times where words are what are needed, words are the way that I need to be communicating with God, um, do you have any suggestions or helpful uh, ways for me to approach God in, in those times? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, when they hear prayer, they think uh, just asking God for things. But there are a lot of other things that you can talk with him about. You can Mm -hmm. praise him. You can tell him who he is and what he's done and recount those kinds of things out loud as a part of your prayer. You can spend time rereading scripture as prayer. So when James says, if anybody lacks wisdom, they ask for it, just ask for it. God, give me wisdom. And that's taking God's word and turning it into Mm -hmm. prayer. Um, You can pray for other people and for yourself and ask God to fulfill needs and do those kinds of things as well. Um, you You can sing. Take your favorite worship song um, and turn that into a prayer. If the words of that song really, you know, speak to you, um, that's a great way to um, to pray to God, to use language to express mm-hmm. desire, emotion, feelings, attitudes, posture, all these kinds of things that will help build that relationship. Seems like you could do that same sort of thing with Scripture as well. That use the words of Scripture, like the Psalms or for, or other places where people are praying to God and expressing those same kind of emotions and feelings that we're going through even here today, 2,000 some years later. Yeah, definitely. Much of Scripture is already prayer. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to take some of that and, and utilize it you know, for yourself in your own way, but even the parts that aren't, promises of God, or when you read a story about how God interacted with his people, taking something from that story and turning that into a prayer. Like, God, I, I want to have the kind of relationship with you that Daniel had. Or, yeah. you know, I want to hunger after you the way that Moses did. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, those kinds of things are, are great ways to take scripture and turn it into prayer. But prayer isn't just about talking. Um, sometimes in conversation, um, as we mentioned already, it's appropriate not just to talk, but to listen and yeah. to quiet yourself. 
to put yourself in a posture that says, okay, I recognize who God is. I recognize what he's done. And so I'm just going to spend a little bit of time reflecting on that. Um, in Christianity, we have the concept of meditation, but it's different than it is in other religions. See, in Eastern religions, meditation is about emptying your mind and, and kind of trying to get to a blank slate. In Christianity, meditation is all about filling your mind with mm. thoughts of God. So thinking about God, meditating on who he is, on what he's done, on how he longs to have that kind of interaction with his people. Hmm. That's very interesting. I think uh, that it would be appropriate, too, to ask the question, like, what does it mean to hear from God? It, that God isn't typically bringing an audible voice answering my prayers. How do I know if God is actually hearing me and answering me? Yeah, great question, because I'm dealing with this with my four-year-old right now. <laughs> She's telling me, God, uh, Dad, I don't hear God in my heart. Yeah. And uh, when I talk about this with teenagers, one of the illustrations that I use is the movie Inception. <laughs> And so in this movie, um, there's this idea that somebody wants to plant in someone else's mind. The problem is when other ideas get planted in your mind, you know where they came from. Mm -hmm. You know that you know, if I tell you don't think about gray <laughs> elephants, you're thinking about a gray elephant there, but you know I put that thought <laughs> in your mind. To me, this is a really great way of talking about hearing God's voice. Um, most mm -hmm. often... Um, we don't hear an audible voice. In fact, mm -hmm. I would say it's very, very rare that you, that you would hear God speak to you in an audible kind of way. Often what happens is that your heart is prompted, is that a thought comes up or mm -hmm. something like that, but you know it wasn't yours. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it is kind of difficult to explain and talk about if you haven't had that experience yet, mm -hmm. but the best I can say is that when you do, you will know. Mm -hmm. Um, that this thought that, that just occurred to me didn't come from my own thinking. It didn't come from my own wisdom, but it was God planting yeah. something inside of me and speaking to me, you know, through my heart. Um, also, you can check that back against Scripture. It will never conflict with anything mm -hmm. God has already said, that he's codified in, mm -hmm. in his written word, um, talking with other people, friends, family members that you trust is a good way to check back, too, that what yeah. you're hearing actually came from the Lord. But, yeah, we use that word hearing, and it definitely can be confusing. So I'm glad uh, you asked for some clarification there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you, it's been very helpful just to be able to talk back and forth and get a little bit better understanding of prayer, not so much as this one-way kind of conversation to God, but something that, that brings God and I in alignment and draws our relationship together. Um, do you have any other thoughts or things that you would like to finish up with just as we wrap up today? Yeah, so one resource I found incredibly helpful on this idea is Dick Eastman's book, The Hour That Changes the World. And he breaks prayer down into 11 different categories hmm. um, and then puts it into a really uh, neat way of thinking about it, a prayer wheel. Um and he repeats praise. He starts and ends with praise. He says, if you want to get in good with the Father, praise the Son. Um, and I think that's a great posture to adopt yeah. of even just a sentence or two yeah. as you begin and end your prayer, just acknowledging who God is. Mm -hmm. um, but if you do those those 12 segments he, he's got, I mean, you can spend 30 seconds in each one and have a six-minute mm -hmm. prayer. Mm -hmm. And you're never having to, to spend more than 30 seconds on any one subject or yeah. anything like yeah. that. 
You spend five minutes on each one. You have an hour of prayer. Mm -hmm. So prayer doesn't have to be this big, intimidating thing. Uh, you know, you can you can spend seconds yeah. in prayer, and it's just it's never wasted time. It's always time well spent when you're talking with God or listening to God and trying to develop that awareness yeah. of His presence mm -hmm. in your life. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you for leading us, Pastor Ryan, today, and I uh, pray that God will be with you as he invites you on this journey to thrive as a Christian following after him, that you will experience the communion with God, this kind of relationship and awareness of his presence that every Christian desires and every Christian, uh, that this is what God wants for you. So that is our prayer for you. We pray God's blessing over you, and we will see you next time.